Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass from episode 254. We are around the kitchen table again with my brother dancing. I'm not dancing. He's dancing. It's I'm not a dancing. new kitchen table. It's a new kitchen. It is, it is a different kitchen table from before. Yes. Um, we, are, we are back to record the like nine o'clock on a Saturday, is it Saturday? Saturday edition of Biomass with my brother Libby. Uh, Easter's so, Eve. Easter's it is true. It is Easter. Easter's Eve. Called, right? Easter's Eve. Yeah, that should probably be the episode title. Yeah, Easter's Eve. Um, <laughs> now canon. So let's start with some introductions starting across the table with Dante. Tell us who you are. You just said who I am. What's worse, him or Zell? Because <laughs> usually Zell's like, hi, I am Zell. And that's it. He's probably thinking after 200 and something episodes. But he's actually kind of new. I'm not kind of new. Like, I'm boring as hell. Dante has to say who he is, what his age is. No, I'm not. I'm 50. ASL. And and something that someone wouldn't know about you from seeing you. Know how they do it in the round table? No. So he he actually is not a druggie. I'm not a druggie. Despite looking like a druggie. I don't look like that much of a druggie. You you can't see him. He has about 14 inches of blonde hair. You you could braid... 14 inches is pretty impressive. You you could probably braid your hair into your ass hair at this rate. Like one giant braid straight down the back and goes down both legs. Oh, okay. okay. We no. were, we're degrading. No. This All right, Livy, you're up. I'm Livy and I'm disturbed by that mental image right now. That's... You don't want the Viking ass braid? No. Okay. It's like a thong made of hair. You can tell saw that a lot of Vikings last year. None of them look like That's true. It's, it's been, been, about, been a little been over a year. year now since we were in Iceland. And the show has degraded Her this Iceland much. Iceland anniversary. I just imported their salt again. Because their volcanic rock salt is <laughs> amazing. It lasted a whole year. That piece of volcano. That $29 thing of salt lasted a whole year. And that was the cheapest thing you bought there. Right? Oh that was God. cheaper than lunch. Yes, it was. <laughs> the lunch was covered in it. Um, I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show. Um, I drive this shit show of a train. And uh, yeah, so we kind of mixed bag of stuff. I, we, I know that we, we got to talk about it. So Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Libby didn't, like, watch it. No, I didn't. She didn't. So, the most, wait, what? <laughs> trailer of the whole goddamn, is this a spoiler warning? Or it's this? a trailer, it's out. Oh, I know, but oh, yeah, What he's enough. saying is don't, don't talk about other movies, are you? No, 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 more so if somehow you haven't seen the trailer. No. Okay, hey, fine, fine. Okay, fine. go watch the trailer and then listen to us. Okay, okay go yeah. ahead. There you go. It's just... Kind of, it's honestly like, okay, we get this, we get this, get that, and then it gets to the end with the, the, the damn emperor thing. It's like, well, okay, so let's, let's break it down a little bit. So, <clears throat> trailer opens up with, the trailer opens up with, with Ray in the desert, and she's gonna do this, like, it's got a lightsaber, and she's gonna do this, like, backflip thing over a tie interceptor. Um, yeah. Okay, so we don't really know what's going on with that. Yeah. Um, but it does have Luke, narrating a lot of the trailer. Which means he's probably a force ghost. He's a like force he ghost. I mean, he even says, he even says, like, no one's ever really gone. We can retcon fucking anyone back into the story by making them a force ghost. Well, but, I mean, that's what they did to Yoda for, like, ever. Right. So, I mean, you're going to see Luke Skywalker in there. At least a force ghost. It, well, obviously, he's dead. Like, he's... We haven't seen any resurrections in the Star Wars universe, but you've got well, Force yeah, Ghosts. We weren't shown a body yet. It's true. You just faded away. Yeah. Well, okay. Fate, fate yeah. logic. Once they fade away, they're actually dead. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's most likely probably dead. Fate logic. 
Uh, what the hell is? Keep that weave shit out of here. <laughs> um, so if you've got you've got Luke talking, and then obviously at the end it's got Emperor Palpatine laughing right after Luke says, "No one's ever really gone." Well, and then well, well what the interesting thing is is it's it, 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 people are like, "Oh, why is the Emperor like?" They're looking over a chunk of what's pretty clearly a giant chunk of the Death Star too. Yeah, which looks pretty cool. Which, which looks cool. And if I recall, Death Star two blew up over Endor. So that's probably Endor, or um, somewhere on a chunk of Well, there's it. two Death Stars, so it could have been either. Yeah, but Palpatine died on Death Star 2, so it's most likely Death Star 2. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we, I'm not going to speculate, but it, I think it goes to show that, yeah, you're going to see... Something. You're, well, so here's, here's the thing. So this is obviously being directed by J.J. Abrams, and people generally don't like Episode 8 because... Its whole thing was like, let's take a Star Wars movie and then change everything about Literally a Star Wars movie and put all kinds of shit people don't like in their Star Wars movie in their Star Wars movie. Yeah. So, in general, people didn't like what they did with Abe. So, Abrams has a difficult job where he can kind of sort of fix a few things and kind of push it back the direction people want. But it's tough when... You can't not, recognize when it came out two years ago. Not that 8 was completely bad. I mean, I, for the most part, I, I thought 8 was okay. It wasn't the best. Okay, so you had... <laughs> okay, so like, let's let's break down what made 8 good. Okay, oh, okay, okay. So, so, so launching a starship through another, another ship at light speed, that was fucking cool. That was awesome. Uh, but what else is good? I, I liked that... I loved Yoda showing up and, like, nuking the tree. Yeah, it was, was kind of cool. It was kind of cute. The little Easter eggs were kind of cool. Uh, yeah. The porks were the best part of the movie. And Chewbacca eating the porn and then like the little okay, one. That, that part was funny. That was funny. I think the ship warping so all, the other ship was still... That was the <laughs> best was the fucking best. part of the and movie. And only because it was being done by the bitch you didn't like. Yeah. The whole time you were made to hate her and then she just... She was like the pink bitch from from Harry Potter. Didn't she have she had purple hair and not pink hair? Yeah. Well, but anyways. So... Oh, and BB-8 firing the casino coins at everybody. That I was, guess... No, I no, no. So, no, sorry. Let's just back this up for a second. <laughs> The entire sequence from start to finish with Finn in that fucking casino was pointless. It should not even be in the movie. What? What? Oh, yeah, to get the hacker guy. It was completely pointless. That was that it was filler. It was. We have a character. We have to do something with him, but we aren't really sure what the fuck to do with him. So we're just gonna throw him in here. It, it was. It was terrible. Big, biggest surprise of the movie was definitely like, oh, it's it's um. Uh, Snoke, he's gonna be the big bad of the of the last. Which is also fucking terrible. And then gets sliced in that. I'm like, wait, really? He's dead? Yep, he's dead. Yeah, and that's and that's that. That was the part that really pissed me off the most. I think, and I won't turn this into a bitch fest about episode eight. But it was like, this is a no man's guy. Yeah, too much of a rant here. But it's like you build up this like guy, and he's this really sinister looking dude, and it's gonna be this big bad. And, and people, it turns out to be absolutely nothing. It was got no time. Yeah, like okay, in, in the lightsaber fight after that part was cool, but I oh, was yeah. so pissed off at that point by Snoke getting like one off in three seconds. Well, well, I was waiting for it. I was honestly waiting for like him to be like on the ground and then like force choke somebody, but yeah, nothing. But no, no, you, nothing. you get nothing. So, so Abrams has some opportunity to fix some shit, like. He needs to steer it back towards episode seven. Well, the hard part is that people. People generally liked Seven, I think, but they their their complaint and it was understandably it was kind of a rehash of a New Hope. I, I get it, but it was thing. it was kind of like almost like a soft reboot. Of, okay, that's fine. It's something familiar. 
And they wanted to move away from that with A, but they went like 350 million times the wrong, too, too far. You it's know? like what everything hated about the the, sequ- the pre-sequel, or not the pre-sequels, the, the prequels, and then keep going. So they, they need to steer it back so it's not just the same thing as another movie, but obviously get it closer. Yes. Um, but the tough part is you've got now, okay, how do we deal with Kylo Ren? And he's just like... Oh, his face I, is so dorky. I, I think he... Here's the thing. Is I think he has good potential to be a very interesting character, but I can't see him as the big bad in the Star Wars universe. He's, he's just... Whiny. He doesn't have that, like... Because, like, Emperor Palpatine, he was, like, this evil, twisted, broken guy. And shit. Snoke was kind of, again, this evil, twisted guy. And you're like, yeah, this is great. This is going to look fantastic. And then you've got, you know... All I can think of is Matt the Radar Tech from the SNL skit. <laughs> but you, like, like but, whenever I see him, I'm like, I know you're conflicted because you got granddaddy issues, but like, but like, you're still Matt the Radar Tech, and I still don't have my muffin. Maybe, maybe he needs to have his face fucked up more. I mean, Palpatine had a messed up face. Snoke had a messed up face. Yeah, Darth Vader had a messed up face. He had a messed up face for like three seconds, and then they fixed him with fucking surgery drones. It was all well, pointless. Of course, again. because he had to be shirtless too. Don't even start with that. Oh, the weird, like, the weird, <laughs> like, like, again, he goes, why did he have to be shirtless? Because he had to be shirtless. It didn't add anything. It was shirtless. just so it weird. It added shirtless. <laughs> so, I swear. That he so was so let's, let's, let's bring this back in. So we've got, so I, I think there is perhaps some opportunity with what they're hinting at. Like, oh, okay. No one's actually gone. So you could have. Force Ghost Palpatine, you could have Force Ghost uh, Snoke. You you have opportunity. You could have Vader in theory, or Anakin, whatever. Yeah, but he kind of went through his redemption, so he's he's good now, you know. Yeah, I've seen uh, way too many fan theories on YouTube. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll not even go there. But I, I think that I, I I'm gonna have a hard time seeing Kylo Ren as a is the the big main villain of this movie. Um, yeah, I, and I think it's interesting that you. Does he even appear at all in the trailer? Who? Kyle Ren? Yeah. Yeah, he's in there. Is he? Yeah, you see... Oh, they, that's right. He's, he's, like, stabbing the guy with he's the... He's in the car seat in the back. Well, he's in... <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 like, he's, like, stabbing the guy with, like, the cross scarred of his lightsaber. Which is cool. I, you know, I, I've the never... The most redeeming part of him has the cool lights. Yeah, I've never... Of the more recent Star Wars films, the, the lightsaber fights have always been really good. Like, that's that's always been pretty consistent. But, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have to see if, if he can... if. He's meant to fill that role, or if Abrams is going to try to kind of use, you know, some Star Wars Deus Ex Machina to kind of get something else in there to be really the true antagonist. Yeah, I, I still think. Well, what's interesting is you're t- they were talking about um, uh, the the Palpatine laugh, and somebody was listening to it, and people are, yes, it's still theor- a theory, but they're like based off of some things that um, crap. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Who who plays Skywalker, Luke? Mark Hamill. Mark, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill posted some tweets. You're dead to me. Yeah, I know. Some people, uh, Mark Hamill posted some stuff on Twitter, and somebody posted on Twitter basically like, who is doing the laugh? I mean, obviously it's supposed to be Palpatine, but who is the actual person doing the recording? Yeah. And Mark Hamill posts something to the fact of, oh, I'm not sure, and then posts a picture of the Joker from Batman the Animated Series with a lightsaber. <laughs> so it was probably him doing it. Mark Hamill is actually an extremely talented voice actor, and he's very underrated because he's done a lot more stuff than you might think. Normal actor. He's okay. He's okay. He's too much of a dick in episode eight for me to really like him, so, you know, hopefully they can kind of bring him back to being 
ridiculous. less less of a douche for no reason in, in episode nine. Because I mean, he's I, just moody. I mean, I, he's like fucking fifty five and moody. <laughs> okay, so in, 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 anyway, so what brings me back to kind of this thought is that is the title kind of I feel kind of gives it hints. The title of episode nine is Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Well, as far as we know, every single Skywalker at this point is now gone. Yeah, but I think it would be too obvious to just say, yep, it's Ray's, Ray's. No, I, I, honestly, I think it's exactly that. Maybe it's Kylo Ren. Well, I think, I think they're ultimately just, they're some, somehow sorry, siblings or, or cousins of each other. Probably cousins would make more sense. I mean, because Leia. Well, cousins make more sense romantically. Well, yeah, because Leia was obviously technically Skywalker, so. True. So, and then that would make, if, if Luke had a kid and Leia had a kid, then they'd be they'd cousins. They'd be cousins. And, and, you know, there were, in, in the books, which we know aren't canon anymore, there was always, there was always the solo twins, right? Yes. Um, and they, they kind of drew from that, and that's where they got Kylo Ren from. I, I feel like this would be appropriate permutation that you have Ray be, you know, the descendant of Luke and Kylo Ren being the descendant of Leia. Because they are, they do have that that parallel thing there, and, I, and yeah, we had the whole like, oh my god, who's who's Ray's parents? And then they they in the eighth, like, oh, they were nobodies. They can very easily go. He was just bullshitting you to get into your head. You know that that's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. I, I almost feel like this episode title is like, don't worry, guys, we're fixing some of the bullshit. Please come see our movie, <laughs> or or Disney's not going to be happy. And we guarantee lots of lens flares. I'm sorry. He, he did better with episode seven, but I, I think I think the the point is is that they're they're trying to kind of redeem it a little bit because Star Wars has not been great. The last couple movies, Solo was not a great movie. Eight was not a great movie. Solo seven was, was a was a. I, I enjoyed Seven's movie. Rogue like One it. was fantastic. Rogue One was the best one I've done so far. Oh yeah, Rogue One was great. Um, that's actually probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Well, and it's also they. One of the biggest loopholes that nerds debated about for literally forty years it, it, is why is there a point? It didn't, it didn't feel forced, and I think you know, I'm no Star Wars buff, so there could have been inconsistencies, but it felt like it meshed pretty well with what the average consumer of Star Wars understood. And, and it filled in, unlike Solo, it filled in a nice chunk of time. This is what happened to. This is what happened, and also the fact that literally it leads up seconds before the start of Episode Four. Right. I mean, that's just what was so great is it just go, yeah, boom, episode four is like five seconds later. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. So, so I, I, well, obviously, we'll, we'll go see it. You know, it's coming out this December. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it'll probably, yeah. Probably be their opening night. So, you know, it's, yeah. people are still going to see this. Um, I just hope that it fares, it fares better. But I swear to God, if someone force flies through space, I'm done. I'm walking out of the theater. <laughs> Why did they do that? Like, they could have just easily said she got, like... I was done with that movie at that point. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, because at that point, like, oh, damn, that was quick. And then, magic. Like, I, was, I was done with the movie. And then the, like, light speed through the spaceship brought me back. And then Snoke getting stabbed. Pull me out of the game. I was but, like, but, I'm what done. kind of brought you back was Luke fucking with Kylo Ren with the Force uh, Ghost. It was... Fell out of character. I didn't think it was that great. I, th- I thought the, the the concept of him force projecting was cool, but the way he was acting, I'm just like, this isn't the Luke Skywalker I, I grew up with. Well, did you see the the, bi- the battle with um? And I forgot his name, but Finn Twisted. Oh, Snoke. Leader, or something. The swipe left that they did on him was just stupid. Swipe. Oh god, he's so stupid. 
Anyways. Well, did you notice that she has the blue lightsaber? Yeah. Which means that she must have fixed the one that the glasses woman gave her. Or she had. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see where that one goes. So speaking of filling other uh, <laughs> plot holes, I don't think you probably saw this trailer, Dante, but you did for Jedi Fallen Order? No. So... Um, just to kind of fill people in, this was actually announced very awkwardly at E3 last year, where they, like, pulled the director up out of the audience. It's like, so you're working on a Star Wars game? He's like, yeah, we don't have even a title block yet, but it's called Jedi Fallen Order, and it's coming out. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, was it more cringy than Randy Pitchford's card trick? Um, there's a difference between, like, a moment of awkwardness <laughs> and then just painful for 45 minutes. So, so just to bring this back, this is done by Respawn Entertainment. Oh, Titanfall. So this is the, the creators of Titanfall. So, so for the record, they make really, really good games. Um, the only concerning part is, of course, the fact that they were recently purchased by EA. Oh, I forgot so, about that. Um, so this is a single-player Star Wars game. And EA was coming out boasting this last week of like, and there'll be no microtransactions. Bullshit. And I'm like, you so are... you guys created a problem and then bragged that you aren't Continuing the problem. EA's a joke at this point. It's like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's the EA game. EA is for the memes. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so a trailer came out. Um, and I didn't see it, but it's basically what it is. What it appears to be is that it is a character who seems to be force sensitive, not necessarily a Jedi, but has has force. Yeah, he has some force force powers. And this takes place sometime after um, Order sixty six. Okay, so Clone Wars era. So, so Jedi are all dead for the most part. Sure, sure, okay, so it's it's Order sixty six, right? Yeah. I okay. Think so. Again, not a buff, but um, and so the whole thing is kind of like like the Empire's taken over everything now, and he's like most of the Jedi, and I think he kind of he kind of realizes that he's force sensitive, but he's like he's he's talking about like don't stand out, don't draw attention to yourself, just keep your head because down. he'll know they'll just kill him, right? Um, and it kind of portrays an event where there's an accident, like, at his job, and someone is, like, falling into this, like, thing that's going to kill him. And he re- he reaches out to him. He's like, whatever you do, don't reach inside. You know, because they reach inside for the Force. Well, he reaches out. Like, you don't see what happens, but my guess is that he probably saves his friend using the Force unwittedly and gets kind of found uh-huh. out. And so the, the game is very much about him on the run pretty much from the Empire oh. who's trying to hunt him down because they're trying to kill everyone who's force sensitive. Unless you're Seth, I guess. Yeah. So, and if you're not with us, you're against us, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is a single player game and it looks it looks pretty good, you know. Like oh, it, it's a single player game a, and there's no microtransactions. It's a single player game because God forbid we don't have, you know, whatever. But it, it looks it looks pretty good. Like a very story-driven game by Titanfall creators and they make good, good-ass games. I... I I've, the only the only games that I've played from Respawn are multiplayer. Titanfall 1 did not have really a story. Titanfall 2 story, it wasn't the best thing I've ever played, but it was still fun to play. Right. And then obviously Apex doesn't have a single player. Right. Um, so, and I'm not sure how many single player games they have under their belts. Yeah, I'm not point. sure. I, I've... I only know Respawn because of Titanfall. But, so. but this this is this is interesting because, you know, several years ago when Star Wars Battlefront 1 came out, and people were like, and, and, and EA had shut down a studio um, that was working on a single-player, oh, excuse me, a single-player Star Wars game. Oh, and basically, it basically was like, yeah, we don't believe that consumers actually want single-player games anymore. It's all about multiplayer. 
And then, like, God of War came out, Spider-Man came out. Resident Evils. And the industry kind of gave EA the finger and said, fuck you, we actually do want single-player games. Um, Then all of a sudden, they're like, we're making a single-player Star Wars game. And they're like, cool, we kind of wanted the one you were working on before, but fine. Now, (laughs) can you imagine how cool it would be to have, like, a co-op Star Wars game? That would, like, 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 imagine... Borderlands, like four-person co-op, but Star Wars stuff. Well, That'd there be was awesome. there was Star Wars: Knights of the Republic, which is an MMO style Star Wars yeah, game. Yeah, and, that, that, and people love that. People game. still play that. Uh, oh, I, I'm is pretty he still alive. I still, I think he's still okay. alive. I don't know if it's still alive, but um, but yeah, that was very popular. People like people want that sort of thing. But I think the important thing is that there has been a lot of in the past some really cool single-player Star Wars games, like uh, the one I played on N64. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. There was actually a couple of them on N64. Yeah, where you, you play as like a mercenary, but it was cool because you it, it, it touches on events from the main series and you kind of jump through so you kind of see what's happening parallel to what the movie... It was so cool. And this is like a derpy N64 graphics, you know, golden oh, era. Um, is that... Is that... Um, is that the one where you're on Hoth? When, when you're looping around yeah, the AT-ATs? Yeah, yeah you, you play as a mercenary helping them on Hoth. It, it's funny. For, for part of the game. Yeah. Can I remember there was another star, oh, a pod racer. That's because I wanted to think. I had of. that one too. There was two of them actually. <laughs> Who <laughs> Maybe knows? We stole it from Blockbuster. Who knows? Um, but anyways, but the, this game looks pretty good. Um, I'll show you the, the trailer after the show. It's it's, it's actually um, it looks promising, and yeah, it has the EA stigma on it. So I sure as hell will not pre-order shit that is published by them. But. Um, Respawn is a good company. They make pretty good games consistently. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how this one goes. And, you know, I like a good single-player game with a good story. So if this one reviews well and I don't see any funny business happening, I'll probably pick it up, you know, sometime after it comes out and see how the, it goes. Star Wars The Old Republic, it seems that they got updates in 2019, so it must be still going okay. relatively. Okay. You know when that game came out? 2011. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it was an Xbox game initially. Uh, I'm not sure. It says Windows, Microsoft Windows. 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 But yeah, no, it was. It, it's had a pretty interesting history of, of development. It was made by Bioware. Interesting. Yeah. Before. We won't even get into that. That's a whole different conversation. I'm just waiting. Just wait for it. Just just Star Wars Battle Royale from, e, from EA. Oh, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, so yeah, no, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order looks pretty good. So um, we'll keep an eye on that one. This is the kind of first like. It's probably not going to be out for a while. Uh, I don't think it has a release date on it yet. So probably it, it's not. probably not this year. My guess is probably next year sometime. But uh, you know, we'll see. If they if it was going to be this year, I feel they probably already announced it. Usually, uh, usually they say like this winter or whatever. Or yeah, like something something. Yeah. And we, we all know what happens when you rush games, so it's better just to let them kind of finish on six. Yeah. So, let's move along from that. Um, let's talk PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So... That is going to just fucking kick ass. It, it, it wasn't a ton of substantial information, but they kind of released just some general, general specs on what to expect. And I think, yeah. I think the biggest one is that... It's backwards compatible. Complete 100. I, I saw one thing that, and, and that's really, that is the golden goose why this system is going to succeed. Is because I heard games, controllers, VR, headsets, everything is backwards compatible. Right. And, and, and people are looking at this, it's, I see a lot of this kind of buzzing. It's like, oh, well, it's just like a PS4 Pro, PS4 Pro Plus then. 
And I'm like, <laughs> that's no, cool. it's it's not though because with PS with PS4 and PS4 Pro, there are no PS4 Pro only games. Well, they work on both. You're obviously going to have PlayStation Five games. Well, it's like people complain, oh, it's just a better version of PlayStation. Well, yeah, it's like saying. The Super Nintendo is just a better version of the Nintendo. Well, no one yeah. ever said, well, this is just a PC Pro version of the PC. Oh, you know, it's, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're going to have incremental increases, obviously. And, and we've kind of had these, these half-generation consoles with the Pro version. And that's fine. I think it's great when you can iterate. In, Xbox in, sad. Well, you don't, I mean, obviously between PS3 and PS4, there's a huge jump. Massive and, jump. And a, big, and a big time jump in between. It was like 10 years, wasn't it's it? It's nice to kind of have that midway point where you can kind of update things a little bit. You can kind of bring a little bit more fidelity, a little bit better performance, but oh, yeah. not not break the... Because, I mean, the transition... We were talking about this the other day, Dante, that the transition between consoles is always really awkward. Oh, it sucked between 3 and 4. You I always, hated Because you always have this time period where developers don't really want to jump entirely to the new console because adoption rate usually isn't high enough to really justify oh, yeah. it. So you get like Destiny One, where you've got the PS3 version, the PS4 version, and and, and the game was held back for various reasons because of the PS3. Edition. And, and eventually, they have to go. We are cutting support for the older generation. Like, Wasn't it Rise of Iron for Destiny? Um, I think it was. Or was it Crota? Or was it Taken King? Taken King was the one that said no more PS3 support. And it sucks. I, I understand not yeah, everybody has the money, but it's like you, you, you know, have you have to move on eventually. Yeah, eventually. You know, you just you, you, I mean, yeah, it was it so was weird. it was basic quality of life stuff like we can't expand your vault space because of the ps3 version um and eventually so eventually kind of found a weird workaround to kind of make it work but that's so weird if you think me and you played the destiny beta on a playstation 3 i did yeah and then that, i <laughs> and then i bought my i got my my first Same playstation here. 4 sitting right over there with destiny 1 as a bundle. i think we bought like two of them on amazon with the, the no, white we, we went to game uh no no we, we bought them online because i remember i got the box and we ordered it through gamestop though because that's how we got the special yeah edition. and i got the box and i i remember turning on the playstation 4 for the first time and i had the i was at the time i was sitting pretty close to my tv and the entire entertainment center we had glowed blue with the dual shock you're like oh yeah no, it so was cool. it was cool but the point is that you always kind of have this awkward stage where it's like yeah. you know what do i do to help for one or the other little big plant 3 was the same way it was held back because of playstation 3 yeah and, and unfortunately there's really no way around it because yeah. you obviously have to develop games for the new console. You can't sell the new console, but the adoption rate's usually not high enough where you can put all of your all of your you know, eggs in the new console basket. So you kind of want to bridge the gap so you can get people over the hump, and then eventually you can kind of yeah. go full production and, on, on the Well, new and it stuff. could be the same architecture too, right? Like if PS5 is kind of using the same architecture as PS4, by byproduct of it is going to be backwards capable. Well, and I, I think... Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like, we did this on purpose so we can could, do this for it, you guys. It's just, it happens. To could PlayStation it, 3 do PlayStation 2 games? Very early generations of it could. Oh, yeah, because it could. was basically a PlayStation 2 with some extra stuff in it to make it a PS3. Mm-hmm. But I think that the direction, appropriately so, the consoles are going is definitely more towards a PC-style architecture. Using the same kind of components instead of proprietary PlayStation components, it's more, it might be a little tweak a little bit there, but generally it's a PC component and that might a fancy make, box. And that might make it easier for PC games to come to console, especially VR games more so. Because um, like a AAA game is usually all three of them nowadays, but like, you know, a VR game may be PC right now, and it's like, oh yeah, because it's easier to program now, we can bring it over to PlayStation. Well, it makes, it makes porting easier, but my point is that it could very well just be 
new architecture, whatever, but it could just be running an emulator for PlayStation 4. Yeah. On that architecture. And they've just programmed it to work that way. And they've got enough oomph that they can do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and obviously they probably could have done it before, but maybe that wasn't what they were trying to, to achieve. But I think that's, that's really important because definitely with the advent of digital games, it's very, oh, yeah. it's very easy to just go load on my PlayStation 5, log into PSN, go to my library, download all these games oh, yeah. I already own, and they just download and they work. And there's, I could, there's no, there's no, like, cause like when, when, like, I had the PlayStation 4, I was playing Destiny, and I was playing Dust on my PS3, oh, and it was, it, it's, you know, hashtag first world problems, but it was like having to switch back and forth with different controllers. Oh, it was just kind of, it, it's kind of annoying, you know? I remember, um, it was actually funny. It was uh, when the Planet Side Beta was coming out. Yeah. Okay. And I remember thinking, "Oh, screw this! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play Dust with Pokey." Mm-hmm. And and I I I pulled out my PS3 and I, I hooked everything up and I grabbed the controller. I'm like, "What is this? Yeah. <laughs> the controller is so small." So so I think I think that the backwards compatibility is obviously that's going to be I think a massive. I'm I'm curious. If, I'm curious if Xbox will follow suit. Um, I think you kind of have to, honestly. I, I I don't think it will it will make or break, but it's certainly a nice convenience I think for oh, yeah. a lot of um, a lot of people. Well, and also I think it will extend VR headset its lifetime dramatically because it's only about two and a half years old now. Yeah, and I think that will just massively extend its its lifetime, especially if they can get new controllers and new models, and even if it's and have everything well, work. And then here's my other thought: is that. You know, for people that can't necessarily afford a PlayStation 5, if it's truly backwards compatible, they can always sell their old console or trade it in for a PlayStation 5 all, because, because all, all those games work on the new one. I don't have to hang on to that hardware anymore. I can just did they trade say and swap it and pay the difference, you know? Did they say there's a disk drive? There is confirmed to be a disk drive. Okay, so you, if you like physical media, which I know some people do... And I do for some stuff, just because, like, if it's an online game, I'm like, I don't care if it's digital. I, I have to be online anyways to use the I, content. I can understand, like, personally, for the PlayStation 4, I would love to have all digital. I think trading discs out is kind of a pain in the ass. But for, like, the Switch, I very much so want all my games to be physical. Right. So it's... Well, and that brings me to another interesting thing, is that um, the hard drive is solid state. Really? By default. Um, interesting. How big is it? Terabyte? Don't know. Oh. The thing is, solid states are much more expensive than traditional hard drives. So my question is, how much space is this thing going to have at a price point that's reasonable? Yeah. Because it because that solid state, solid states are great. And they even say, like, you might want to put a solid state into your console because it does help with low I consider it. I consider it. Um, but how much space, because with so much media that we download now. I think a terabyte stamp it, should it can, be... It, but terabyte solid state's expensive. It is. It's very expensive. I mean, you, can, you can look it up if you want, but I mean, just it's not. It's not cheap. Like even like in Libby's computer when I built it a few years ago, she's got a terabyte traditional hard drive, and I put the OS on a two hundred fifty gig solid state because the, the terabyte solid state was like two hundred dollars or something crazy. Wasn't it was it? more than that. Oof. Um, it was a lot. Well, maybe. And you you don't want to have a console come out where you you have a the space is too small to really service the amount of digital content that people want to consume. Because if you can yeah. hold two games or three games with the size of games increasing, people are not going to be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, Destiny's like 50 gigs But now. you also don't want to make it so big that it becomes cost prohibitive where now the price of the console is going well beyond what people now, are going to pay. what they could do is, I, I saw somebody, because 
If it was the PS3 or the PS4, they lost money on everyone they sold, but they made so much on the PS. Sony usually loses money on their hardware because they make it up in licensing and, or software. Exactly. And so the question is, is maybe they're going to sell it below cost, keeping that solid Probably. state price down. But because but because now they're still selling PS4 games for possibly PS5 as well as PS5 games, they might be making enough money on that to not care. Possibly. You know, and, and that would be that would be a really kick to the balls for, for Xbox. And, and I think I think, you know, honestly, the industry kind of expects a certain price point for a new console. They expect four hundred bucks. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred four dollars. It'll, it'll be four ninety nine when it comes out, is my guess. Yeah, and because that's that's the price point people kind of expect. It'll it'll probably take about a year. It'll drop down to about four hundred. It'll float yeah. there for a while, and you'll get the Christmas sales where you can get like the console and a game for four hundred, or the, or it comes down to like three fifty. But like even PlayStation Four is floated kind of in that three hundred to four hundred range up and down. I forget how much the because I bought that Kingdom Hearts bundle. I, for, I think that was that was a pro though. You probably paid four hundred for it. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah, Christmas but it's, time. it's been a while, you know. It's been, but it's that, that, that initial early adoption is always pretty high because Sony has done higher than that before and it didn't do well. With PlayStation. Oh, 3. Yeah, wasn't the PlayStation Three like eight? Uh, I forget, but it was definitely much it was higher. Lot. It was a lot. Um, you mean and, price wise? Yeah. yeah. When PlayStation first, Three. When it first came out, it was like five hundred. Are you sure? And, and the thing I'm is, I'm very sure because I saved working two jobs trying to buy the stupid thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It was five hundred and some tax. <laughs> and the thing is, is I, I really okay, hope. Okay, you're right. It was it was five hundred. I I really hope that they come out with. Oh, but the, but if you got the bigger hard drive, it was yes, six hundred. That's was, right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But I, you know, back then I was just like, I just bought it. So I got the, it was it was a twenty gigabyte hard drive for five hundred dollars. <laughs> That's a fart. I think I think the PS4 by default comes with a. 500 gig and then the, the pro micro, comes with a, with a terabyte i literally have a micro sd card with triple that for like 25 dollars yeah so <laughs> so i i think i think it'll probably be a 500 price point and now, now the, the solid state is interesting though because they were and i forget the source but they were saying that it is like a new new flavor of solid state that isn't even really available on the market for pc owners i heard that and i'm like what the hell are they messing with so they were running a test they, they had like a they had like a um a developer kit and it's just like the components inside like a steel box like it's certainly not all the final look thing it's just kind of like the components are in there and they're hooked up so you can design Master stuff, stuff yeah. right um and they loaded up in they loaded up spider-man the playstation 4 spider-man oh, game like... and so uh and they had side by side they had a ps4 pro and the ps5 dead kit, dead so kit. the best ps4 you can get right, right now. and so they, they took mm-hmm. a character and they did a fast travel to a different part of the city Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an open world game. It's a big game, so, so, it so takes fast travel. Fast travel. I think it was ten to fifteen seconds to fast travel on the PS4 Pro. It's respectable. It was 0.8 seconds on the five. Holy shit! Now, granted, to be clear, um, that's a PS4 game running on a PS5. Who gives a shit? But it takes ten minutes. It, it, it does show that jump in in speed. So I don't expect instant load times for a PS5 game, but it's gonna be it's gonna, really it's gonna be nice. Well, it's like people expect the Switch to do not have load times. It's like, yes, it's everything solid. There's thing. still a read time. Yeah, pretty much. Because it. um, um, it's got to unpack stuff. And they, yeah, pretty much. Um, but it, it, it's it's fast from the sounds of it. Um, it, it what will certainly be nice is that for games like, um, I don't know, like maybe a game that recently came out on PlayStation 4 that has exorbitantly long load times, it could be useful for that. But... Um, <laughs> 
I can't tell if you're making a joke about division. I'm or making a joke about. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Divisions load times are not. Divisions bad. fine until you're trying to respawn while your guys' buddies are getting. Moved. Okay, you you load in once, and as long as you don't get your ass kicked, you're fine. Yes, fair enough, fair enough. Like in Anthem, you got to do loads when you go to the fucking toilet, and then all loads can come back out of it. <laughs> um, but 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 it, it it will definitely help with with and, the performance. I think of. Definitely the emulated PS4 games. Depending on the price. It's entirely dependent on the price and the size of the hard drive. I think that's great. If it's way, if it's either a really tiny hard drive for the amount of money or a lot of money for the, for a big hard drive, I would kind of criticize them to like offer a hard drive, a standard hard drive to keep that price down for people who want. I, I think that Sony isn't stupid. That's true. I think that they know approximately they they've got to have the data on it what is the average user's storage usage oh, I'm sure you can see it so if our average user is storing 750 gigs of game data and mm-hmm. in, in games on their system we sure as hell cannot make that lower than what the average consumer is going to use especially nowadays because games are getting because games are just going to get bigger yeah i mean so I they they, they, they have to run some minimal. kind of analytics on it where or, or offer, because I think there is a third party, like on PlayStation 4 now, there's a third party external hard drive that is not branded, but it's, it's, it's licensed by Sony. So it's, it's, yes. it's licensed to work with the PlayStation 4 yeah. by Sony. I, they, they could offer things like that, but honestly, I think really if they want to have a good user experience, you shouldn't have to buy a peripheral to make it hold the shit a, you're trying to play a, on. A it. terabyte I would consider bare minimum. Be, be, like that's pretty standard now. Like especially even, even for PCs, like a terabyte is kind of the lower end. I, I've I've um I'm I'm not full on my PC because I have a terabyte of mine, but I I'm getting close. I'm at like probably 800 games. Yeah, you gotta watch it. You know, um, and, and people are willing to delete games, but they some people want to play three or four games and keep them. On, I do keep them on their PlayStation at the same time. They are gonna want to have to unload and reload shit because I, of storage problems. On a weekly basis, I probably play about five games between VR. I play Apex every once in a while. I play Division with you guys right now. Yeah, so it's, well, and the thing is, this isn't even just for like digital downloads. You think about like how many times you put a disc in. Oh god, day it, one patch. Everybody's got day one patch. Not even the day one patch. It often will copy the disc onto the hard drive because in order to give an appreciable load time, it has to be stored locally. It can't be ready to get off the disc. So even if I put, you know, like I forget what game it was recently, where it was like if you downloaded the game, it was like really big. If you bought the disc. You put the disc in, you would copy the disc off and download the other half of the game. That like, was uh, Division. Was it Division? Mm-hmm. So since we got it digitally. We got it digitally. Yeah. yeah. But because you are you were commenting on the download size when it was right. going. You're like, this wouldn't fit on a disc. And right. So that was their method. Even in, in, in the, way they, the way they look at it is this game is online only. You have to have an internet connection to play it. Therefore, we can reasonably require you to have internet to actually run the game. Yeah. I mean, they have to start leveraging cloud. You have to. Also, because, I mean, even in my area of work, a lot of our applications are in the cloud because we have to call on mass amounts of data. So. Yeah. And you're not going to store that locally. No. No. Well, and my guess is it's probably still as a Blu-ray player in the PS4. And, and, and the thing if, is... If it can play PS4 games, it has to at least be a Blu-ray player, and there's no new medium out, so... There's... There's... I mean, maybe they're messing around with it. I know that some company came out with a six-layer, or like a six or eight-layer that, That's what they will improve upon, is it will be more layers of Blu-ray that it can but, read. I mean, 
Because I think you I think, can only stack layers so much on that damn thing. True, but the discs currently the discs outrank what the PlayStation Four can read, as far as I understand. Yes. So they need to improve the drive so they can put PS5 games that are larger on bigger discs. I mean, when did the PS4 come out? I mean, it's, it was been, when, it's been a while. It was when Destiny came out, or at least when I got mine was when Destiny came out. It was about a year or so before that, because I got a Gen 1 on that. Oh, did you? Yeah, you had okay. it before we did. Um, but, Surprisingly, because I never get Generation 1 or anything. And the thing is, <laughs> is like, um, the, the thing is, is that I, I really hope, because I've seen... Lots of videos, because I follow PlayStation VR stuff a lot. I love PlayStation VR. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Tell us about it, actually, you know. <laughs> I probably already um, heard it, but go ahead. <laughs> but but the thing, that they found patent things that they're filing about new controllers. Sure. And a possible wireless headset that might only work with PS5. And I can understand this. You can bring your old headsets up to PS5, but maybe the ones designed for PS5 have to stay there. Um, um, that's interesting. I wonder it, why it was a rumor. Be. I mean, like I said, this is from a YouTube video. I mean, the, the headset's only displaying the information. It's not really. Yeah, but maybe it requires some extra process, or maybe it. Because um, no, no, no processing happens within the headset for PlayStation VR currently. But maybe a wireless one would require some. Oh, a wireless one. Yeah, I'm talking a, a wireless. Uh, because probably not, but we'll see. But yeah, but I'm like, so if let's say big hypothetical, they came out with a wireless headset with that is um, only for PlayStation 5, I would probably buy that day one. I know you would, because you have disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. PlayStation VR is awesome. I don't, it, it's, I don't give a shit PlayStation VR is very good because it is a far more affordable and accessible version mm-hmm. to get people into the concept of VR. And that is why it's actually being somewhat successful. 4.4 million units. Yeah, they're, they're, they're selling everyone else under the table. Um, but that's because it's, it's, like I said, it's more accessible. And no, it's not going to take off and be a billion dollar, get rid of monitors forever. It will always be kind of a niche thing. Side market. But, yeah, side market's going to look at it. But it, I think it will persist the best on PlayStation or consoles if, if Xbox comes out with something. Well, well, that's the best thing about the headset. He goes, you got a PS4, a normal PS4? Well, the best part of the headset is not made of cardboard. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I think it's funny. Um, and, um, but but the, that's the best part. It goes, it goes, PS5, PS4 Pro, PS4. It'll all work. That's just, it'll work. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an advantage. Um, and I think that will that will work well for them moving forward. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and, and there were some other details coming out. I, I don't have them in front of me right now. But I think that that honestly having the solid state drive is interesting. I'm curious to see what the final specs of it are going to be. It's all about the specs and the money. Yeah, and, and the backwards compatibility is, of course, um, very nice. Because if you were able to retire an old console, like I said, particularly for people who maybe can't afford the upfront price, yeah. they can sell that to a GameStop or online or whatever and go and use that money to buy a new console. That's actually really smart for Sony because it gets people to buy a console sooner than they would have because they can safely give up the original to get the new one and keep their entire library. Yeah, and that's why, um, I mean, the I know that people, back when GameStop was a lot bigger, and when like PlayStation 1 came out, people were trading in their PlayStation 1s for 2s, because it was backwards compatible. Sure. So it's like, there's no reason to keep your old one other than just collecting purposes. I mean, I'll keep mine, because, I mean, I've got a sweet special edition version, but, you know, it's... Well, it's it, not like you got four of them. Right. But, but yeah, I, I would keep, I mean, despite my PlayStation 3 sitting on a shelf and collecting dust. I still have it. 
Oh yeah, I still have. It has dust on and Poor inside of it. The dust gets turned back on. If dust, if dust bubble gets turned back on, I am ready. No download required. I just plug it in and go. Dude, oh your God. PS3 when it turns on, it sounded like a fucking jet engine. My PS3 that looked at me thing. and said, "I want to die." I'm like, "Not until the game dies." That poor thing wanted to die. Actually, the last day I played, the last day I played my PS3 was the day the dust was shut down, and I. I literally put it in a box instead of the side, and that was the end it's of it. It's still sitting thing. on the same shelf I put it on when I got Destiny. Yeah. Destiny. So. It, it, it's, but, yeah, it's that poor PS3. Oh, yeah. So, PlayStation 5, it's 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 coming out. It's interesting information Do you out see there. The, you see the controllers? The concept for the controllers? It's about the same. It's about it? the same. It, yeah, well, I think I mean, it looks cooler. Yeah. As long as it's as, as long when, I, as when it's, I see it, I'll, I'll get excited. I just like to have a bigger control, like the, like the DualShock Four, simply because I have big hands. And the PS3 controller was really small in my hand. Well, so you never realized how small it is to get the big one. Well, because well, I, I it, we'll take that is true. <laughs> this is why we can't stream. <laughs> um, so, like, like even like when like the GameCube controller, like the original GameCube, I like the third-party Mad Cats one because it had the bigger handles on it. Um, it's kind of tied up PlayStation Three to the, well, the, the DualShock Four. Was this like oh, I can actually hold stuff. this thing? And it'll feel like I'm like holding this tiny little thing in my hand. I remember playing the GameCube controller with with Mario Kart a lot, and I'm like, this is great. I love this. And then I go like, when Smash Ultimate came out, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to get one of the adapters so I can play on with my original. It feels tiny. And I'm like, I'm like, this is so. You've gotten a little bit older since then too, so I've probably. Well, too bad our Mad Cats one got weird. Uh, Plastic disintegrated on it. Old as hell. But the point is, is that I think it'll probably stay about the same. They've obviously maintained the same shape with just minor changes throughout the years, and I think that'll be fine. So I'm not too worried about the DualShock Five. It'll, it'll, it'll be good. And in theory, as long as they're not adding more buttons, you could use the DualShock 4. Do they still have the stupid touchpad in the front? I think so. Like the thing that literally no one uses for touchpad except for press this to open your map? No, 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 no. It does. Dreams. The early access to I, I, could, I could see very specific games like it, it, Mako games using it. it Most uses, games are like just use... It, it's actually a very core mechanic of, of creating in Dreams because you use it to... Um, for fine stuff, I Yeah, imagine. you basically grab onto it and then you can adjust it with the touchpad. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But every other game uses the big button. Yeah, I, I've seen some games use it. Like you can swipe on it to do emotes. That actually work pretty well. Um, yeah, and some of the some of the simpler uh, VR games, like um, it's kind of. But you like swipe it, and like little fireworks pop out of it. It's, yeah, no, I, I just laugh because it's been like the most underutilized part of the controller. You're, you're, you ever did you ever remember the um, the launch thing? And they're talking about look, you can use the touchpad to type. I'm like, wow, literally nobody ever does no one that. Will ever do that? You're better off pointing at the screen with the uh, oh, the light bar and moving. As it long as you have the computer, as long as you have the have the camera, have the camera. Yeah. All right. So let's move along. Uh, my last topic I want to talk about. So Dante actually picked up a game for himself and then talked me into it. And got me a copy, so thank you for that. Um, I know I, had, I think I mentioned it before, but it's a game called Satisfactory. The most accurate name for a game ever. It, it is It is the most niche title I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm going to break it down in a way, and I wish Jay was here because he'd laugh at how niche it sounds. He's probably laughing listening to this right now. Yeah, so the, the idea is, is that you crash land on a planet as an employee of this company that wants to colonize the planet. And your goal is literally to gather resources and set up factory assembly lines and do it in the most efficient and space efficient way possible. But, but your goal in the game is to stop playing the game. There, there's <laughs> no goal other than to make the most 
<laughs> efficient possible machine you can to produce a series of, of products. Yes. And, and, and this sounds maybe simple. And I'll, I'll break down like the initial, the initial like. You made spreadsheets. I, I did make spreadsheets. But, like, <laughs> but, but, but let, me, let me kind of walk slowly, into. Slowly, slowly walk, walk in. Let, let's just slowly push it in here. Um, Whoa. So, <laughs> so you land and it's like, okay. First thing is you have to make steel plates. Okay. So you go and you find like an iron node and you, you mine iron by hand from the node. And then you go over your little working bench and you craft the iron ore into iron ingots. And then you craft the iron ingots into iron plates. Cool. Okay. Simple. That, that's, that's pretty much like the crux of like most crafting games. Like, like Minecraft, for instance. Or like, or like Seven Days to Die. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you gather resources, you refine them once or twice into something and you use it. Yes. Okay. Or, so then it's like, okay, now you need to make um, iron rods. Okay, how do I do that? Well, you get the iron ore and you make it into ingots and then you craft that. Instead of into plates, you craft it into rods. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. Well, now we need you to make reinforced iron plates. Okay, how do I do that? Okay. So, <laughs> so you're going to need... Um, you, you take the iron ore. You, you take iron ore and you're going to craft the iron ingots. Okay, but you're going to take half of the iron ingots and make iron rods and half of them and make iron plates. Okay, except that to make reinforced iron plates, you need iron plates and screws. So you need to take the rods and then craft those into screws and then combine the screws with the plates to, ma- to make the reinforced plates. For one item menu. This is for one item. And that's a simple, and simple then it goes, item. And I'm like, okay, a lot of things so bad. He goes, I need you to make 500 of them. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. So we, we have... So, so, so this sounds like the most horrible idea ever because now you're crafting like... It, it turns into like four different steps to make a single item. And it's like... It, it gets to a point very quickly... Where you don't want to craft them anymore. You don't want to craft it anymore. And that's where the factory part of Satisfactory comes into play. Where it goes, okay, so you're gonna make a lot of these original components by hand. And you can you can get along doing that for a while, but they pretty for a quick, bit. they pretty quickly ramp you up into mass production because it starts taking like 60 screws to make one item, and you're like, holy shit, that's gonna take forever. And it takes like it takes like 30 seconds to make 60 screws. Right. Times so 50, so, you know? so, be, so you could, in theory, make anything in the game by hand. Uh, but the quantities and the complexity that it would take to do it would be astronomically difficult and not fun at all. And that's no. where the other part of the game comes into is you have to automate pretty early on. Yeah. So you, you build the core materials and you use those to build machines. And those machines are then programmed and set up to produce the things, but you have to manage every single part of that production. Yeah, so you like you 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 craft a drill, this big, you know, drill, and you put the drill on your iron node. And it and um, once powered, it starts drilling out iron. You're like, cool. You hook up a little conveyor belt into it and you lead it into a foundry. And the foundry produces the iron ingots. You're like, okay, cool. Then you can input those iron ingots into a constructor, and the constructor makes Let's say iron plates, and then you could feed that into a storage container. Yay! You just you just you, you know, automated that those those few steps of that. But process. you need to power it. Well, so hold, that, hold on though. Before we get to the power, because <laughs> the power is its own thing. So 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 one of the most recent things Dante and I set up was an automated way to make those reinforced iron plates. Oh God! So and I was like, okay, this shouldn't be so bad. The problem is, is that not all things are created equally, literally. 
So you can make iron rods at twice the speed as you can make iron plates. But it can still consumes the same amount of iron ingots. So what happens is now you have to manage excess product being produced. And you could do something called underclocking where you push the production rate down. And it would consume less power. It consumes less power, but not in a linear fashion. No. So if I'm underclocking at 50% and producing 50%, it's still going to use, let's say, 60% 60 of the power. So I'm, I'm, I'm not being the most efficient way I possibly can. Um, so what it turns into is you're quickly managing, okay, I've got resources flowing out of my resource nodes like this. It can process it at this rate. I'm splitting those resources into different constructors, but those are producing at different rates. They have different intakes and different output rates. And I have to manage what those are being put out. And okay, and now that's going into an assembler, which is now assembling those separate components together to produce my final product. But that assembler has its own rate as well. <laughs> which its input and output rates. Is, is different. But on top of that, <laughs> the conveyor belts also have a speed at which they can move items between different components. So like so higher grade, higher, like a low grade conveyor belt moves items at 16 items a minute. You know, pretty... Now, then, like, grade four moves in at 450 a minute. Right. So but but the like, thing is, is that those are expensive, so you want to make sure you're only producing it at the speed that you really need it to. to not, optimize, to waste, not to waste items. Not to waste resources. And so Don and I literally sat, and, and this is why it's the most niche game ever, because anyone else would want to shoot themselves. We sat for two hours... Uh, to, all, to make one item, Hashing out and arguing about different production rates and how to optimize, and not just optimize, like mathematically, how to lay the damn machines out to take up as little space see, as see, possible. this is why actually it was really fun playing with Pokey, because I played him on a single-player mode, and I have an upsetting amount of hours into that single-player mode. How many hours, Dante? 85. Okay. So, hey, I accidentally AFK'd over one night, so I could probably, like, down to, like, 70. Oh, you listen to, like, three hours a night, so... Shut up. Okay. Um, anyway, so I've been playing the game for a while, and I'm far further in item gathering than Pokey. So... I know how things kind of worked and how hitboxes work. So it was kind of great. I'm like, okay, Pokey, you do the math. Figure out how to do this. So he goes, okay. You need... Spreadsheets, man. So, yeah. Exactly. I, I, had, I had my, my no, no shows up. No, I, you <laughs> see my notes. I have like diagrams of input-output rates. And he's taking pictures of this with his phone. And sending and... it to Dante so he can put this together for me. Yeah, so he was doing all the math. He said, okay, a drill needs to go into some foundries. A foundry needs to go into some constructors. A constructor needs to converge here, converge here, throw it into the assembler, and then do it all on the other side. I'm like, okay. He sends me a picture. I'm and like, he, he didn't believe me. He's like, he's like, the math doesn't work out. I'm like, just trust me. Yeah, yeah. Put it together. Like, the math doesn't work. I so, guarantee you it's going to work. So we assemble everything, and we assemble everything, and nothing is backed up. Everything is running. Because the machines give you an efficiency rating. Yes. So you can just... so you know if you fucked up, you, you fucked up. Yeah. And so... <laughs> and so and it's like, and we're looking at all the machines at 100% efficiency, 100% efficiency. We're like, this is fucking awesome. We did great. And and then, so Pokey did all the math, and then I figure out how to condense it into a small enough area. Because Pokey says, no, we can't have the, the floor extending over that cliff. That would be ugly. So it's I got to look good. So I have to condense everything into this tiny little area so Pokey's shit can look nice. So, so we get put together... And we turn it on, and the whole thing runs perfectly. It's all 100% Mind efficiency. you, this is at like 2 a.m. I, I was like, let's just build this machine real quick, and then I'll go to bed. I said that at 11, we got done at 2. Like, time flies when you're, you're having fun. So it, it all works. Dante's like, huh, 
That, it looks pretty good. I would you said would you say it's satisfactory? Oh, wait, how <laughs> fucking long have you been waiting to hear that one? Like about three hours. <laughs> oh my god! So, and you, no joke. Those reinforced iron plates we're talking about that took us two hours to do the math and figure out the most efficient possible way. And because because you can you can brute force this game however you want. You can, and that's the great part about it is is if you you can kind of select the difficulty you want to set for yourself. If you're like. I just want to get this shit together and I waste a ton of power in the process. Eh, whatever. Well, well, that's the thing about these machines is you have to power them. And each machine takes up a certain amount of power. It's listed and it says like, okay, this one takes four megawatts or five megawatts. And you can lace all the power lines. And the together. power scaling is totally awesome in the start. Yeah, burning leaves makes like 200 megawatts or 20 megawatts. And I can power a city, but fine. So, <laughs> so no joke. I'm running around trying to build this. And Poke is running around with, I'm not kidding, a nine foot fucking chainsaw. Cutting trees down, deforesting this entire I de- planet. I defoliated everything within like a 500 meter radius. Grinding it up and sticking it into our biomass generators. He, he comes back and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Biomass generators. Biomass generators, yes. <laughs> and episode. TM. Yeah. Um, so that actually has to be episode titles, Biomass Generators. So I come back and, and I'm like, yeah, I made 2,000 units of biomass. Like, how many trees did you kill? I'm like, all of them. There was nothing. Like, no I kidding. went no kidding. on that freaking. I, I leveled a forest. <laughs> we had to build our hub in this little area. I'm building stuff, and I look behind us, and there's just this fucking flatland, not a tree inside. I'm like, holy shit. And, and so and so, I'm like, okay, I feel kind of bad about this because the trees don't grow back. Like it's not it's not sustainable. Like it's it's an easy source of power early on, but it's not sustainable. So I said we need to be sustainable. And Dante says, don't worry, I found a coal mine about 600 meters away from Global here. Global warming, here we come. So so he, what he does, we go over there, and we and that's the other part of this is that resources aren't just wherever you want. You have to find them and then ship them. To your location. And that's not always easy because the no. location's not always accessible and there's wildlife that's dangerous. Yeah, there's like skags. There's and, flying manta rays. There's giant flying manta There's giant fly red maze and fireflies that will literally set you on right. fire. So, so we go and we, we actually set up basically a coal plant that's there. With a drill. With a drill. And we build like a little a little biomass generator to jumpstart the process. But basically the coal is being mined by the drill runs into the coal plant, and the coal plant then turns around and powers the drill. As well as the excess coal is shipped off to... It, it, it's shipped to a, um, a a truck depot, and basically what that does, or a tractor depot, whatever, uh, we can, you can pre-program a car to follow a specific path. And so what we do is that the car rolls up, the coal is dumped into the car, the coal can also be used to power the car, so yes. that, that gets pushed into the car, and the car then fills up as full as it can, and then it drives back to our main factory, dumps the coal off. That coal is then put into different coal generators, which then power the rest of the factory. Yes. And then it does this. So it's kind of a self-sustaining system. And, and granted, this game's early access, so there's really no downside to coal right now. It's kind of broken. Or oil. When you get yeah, to it. but fossil, fossil fuels are broken as hell. But it, it kind of shows that a lot of it comes down to how do I get this resource back to where I can use to it? To process it. And do I process some of it there? Do I ship the raw materials here? How much do I do on site? You kind of have to make these choices because like we're using coal for power, but now we're running into everything we need to make uses steel. And I have to combine iron with steel. Oh, sorry, I have to combine iron with coal to make steel. And the iron and the coal are not close to one another. No, most of the time. But so yeah, so now we're like, well, shit, 
we have our drills that are drilling iron, but those are producing plates, reinforced iron plates. But so it goes, well, now we need to go find another iron node so we can combine it with coal to make steel. Right. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. But, but how am I going to ship this? And you, you, again, you don't want to waste too many resources. And they're making some changes so you can't abuse conveyor belts like you used to to I ship think stuff. According to some video I saw, I'm sure. not saying this is real. It's just according to some video. So, so it's like early access. I'm working on some balancing, but it does raise a lot of these questions of how do I source my materials and really think about and it is what steps am I going to take? In, in, in the thing is, the processing is not as simple as just feed materials into machines. It's it's not like produce iron and make two products and combine them together. It quickly turns into like. I have to go through 16 different steps of multiple byproducts to finally combine four different things into to make a single product. And, and then that continues on as a material for other stuff. Yeah, and and, and like I said, it's early access. Um, I, I don't have – you're going to need a little bit of a beefier PC to – I mean it's not like crazy. I've got an older gaming PC and I can run it. Granted, I have to put it to its lowest settings, but it is a very nice looking game. Yeah, it looks very good. Um, it's 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 a full first person three D, um, as opposed to like Factorio, which is of course a two D sprite based yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And um, it runs it, the the things that they did to optimize it, like like when things are far away, the frame rate drops to high hell, so that you can still see it moving, but it's not like taking a lot of resources. Yeah, in the PC. and I'm and I'm not a I'm not a PC master race guy, so it it works. As long as it, it looks, it looks really good. It runs pretty well. My computer's old, so you know it's whatever. I can't really give you a good a good feedback. The, the multiplayer runs pretty well. A little bit of some finicky stuff, the, but the nothing. Multi, the multiplayer, I would say, it, it's it's host based. It's not server yes. based right now. But there's so. only four person co op, so it's not well, too four bad. person officially supported. There's ways to I think. Always there. I think there's ways to get more than four. Okay, fine. They're kind of like we don't really think you should, but if you want to try it, you can. Yeah. Um, you're going to want a pretty strong internet connection. Um, when I hosted the game, it seemed to run fine. When Dante hosted the game on slower internet, we had a lot of lagging problems. The internet, the internet um, yeah. consumption is pretty. And like I said, this is early access. This is not a full release, and I'm going to trigger some people because it's only on Epic Store. Yeah, it's an Epic Games Store exclusive. Um, Thirty bucks. Yeah, that's a problem for you. Then fine, that's fine. It, 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 Epic Store exclusive. It's thirty bucks. It is, if you like building games and like, you know, if you like building games, if you like spreadsheets, it's, it's a fun game. And it's like a game made for me. And like I said, Jay be laughing because it's, it I'm not just, literally making furniture, but I'm literally making ta- like table legs and the top and combining <laughs> them together. Close enough. And it's really fun because, because like honestly though, when, when you, when you get it all working and you see like, those boxes of screws and everything is, is orchestrated. Is this, this perfect orchestra of production? Like, if you like the show, how it's made, and you love seeing like the mass this production, this is basically stuff, build yourself how it's made. It, it, it's, it, it is all puns aside, but entirely intended. Very satisfactory to watch it actually run once you get everything. And working that's why I said it's the most appropriate name for a video game ever. Yeah, it's it's a very satisfying game if you like that optimization of efficiency and aesthetics and, and production and I, that sort of thing. Yeah, I literally, I saw one video about a YouTuber who, do, who was doing it. Yeah. Okay. As if I want the game. Next day I bought the game, playing a little bit, sent some screenshots to Pogi, as if you're going to want this game. Well, I, I had my eye on it too because I play a little silly cell phone game. Um, Factorio, yeah. No, no, it wasn't Factorio. It was like some free, freebie little cell phone game. Okay. Very simple, but I was just like, yeah, let's give it a shot. I, I had heard of Factorio. And, I'm, and even in the very simple stuff, I was like, 
this is this is pretty fun, you know. It didn't run very well, so I, and, I wouldn't really recommend it. And the thing it, is, but is the concept you, is there. Like I, I would, I wish I could show you right now, but like, no joke, I have oil production, and it's like, well, I can, I need a lot of plastic, so I'll just, you use it for petroleum byproducts. Yeah, and so I'll just like I'll process it over here, and then so now I'm running literally six lanes of resources, shipping in gold and copper and plastic, and then I have power lines. I put like literally 24 power generators next to my oil nodes because it doesn't have to travel very far to make power. Because you get power from the oil. Exactly. Well, in, in, in the power, and we'll, we'll wrap this up in a second here, but the power is also really interesting for me. <clears throat> so I won't get into the details, but I work in, in energy. Um, I work for a solar company. So yes. I deal with, I deal with power generation and I deal with with utilities who generate power on a large scale. And we have a lot of challenges that we have to face and work together with to try to make everything work properly. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously as a solar company, our production is very limited during the daytime, but as a power company, they have to produce power to handle the surge that the grid sees during parts of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no solar in uh, Satisfactory yet, but I'm really hoping there is because I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. But it, I'm it, scared if they ever come. It, it is interesting though because it's not just as simple as oh your your constructors and your assemblers just use X amount of power and that's how much you have to supply. They run on cycles, so they like when they turn on, there's a surge of power that they consume, just like a normal machine. Now, like when your air conditioning unit turns on, there is a huge surge of power for a very short period of time before it levels out. But it's there. But if you surge past your capacity, your breakers trip. And it, it, that's the exact same thing. It, it's the same way as satisfactory is that if you go over your power grid, the main breaker trips on your power system and you have to reset it. But the thing is, if you try turning everything on at once, exactly, it will sometimes surge everything at once. Everything tries to turn all at the same time and just immediately trip the breaker. Yeah. So, so literally, we we are early on. We had a power We had a power rate of uh, fifty megawatts, so we could use, and we were using exactly 50 megawatts it was it was kind of it would, it would surge up to 50 and then down to 40 yeah so it's like right at the level it would kind of go up and i down. accidentally tried to hook up another machine and which it, it shut everything off it shut everything off so i'm like okay i'll disconnect the old machine and then we'll turn the power back on well i had to literally uh pokey's yelling at me we're surging too much turn some machines off so i had to run around and turn like three machines off to drop that usage and bring it up slowly exactly it, it, it's it's it's, I laugh though because like literally the problem that the utility companies deal with is that exact problem is that they don't want to run because unlike us in Satisfactory where coal is free and infinite, <laughs> yeah. um, they don't want to run more power plants than they have to, but they have to anticipate when surges are going to happen in consumption. Like when people get home and they're going to start you know, turning right. their TVs and stuff. And, they, and they, they'll bring power plants on to deal with the surge and bring them back down to when they don't need yeah, it. They don't, they don't get pain in the butt. It, it, it's a very difficult problem. It, and I laugh because it sounds like a pain in the ass, but that shit is fascinating because I deal with that every day in, in working with that sort of thing. So the fact that they went through the detail of saying you actually have to actively manage your, your power production and you can't just – it's not as simple as just supply power and you're done. You actually have to think about the cycles and how that's working. And, and once surges. you get to a little bit end game when you have more resources to mess with, it's less because I literally have a power plant crave like 4,800 megawatts. For now, though, but if they ever remove that ability to have that like infinite exactly. power supply with no downside, you're going to want to look for renewables that may not always be running at the same and, time. And, and the thing is, is they have they have three maps as well yeah. um, with varying, diff, varying problem pros and cons. 
Uh, the most basic map we're playing on is ridiculously massive. It is huge. They, you can tell that they ultimately want to make exploration important because they can. They it's can already say, important right now in early access. Well, because because they can say, "Hey, you need uranium for something," mm-hmm. and it could be twenty kilometers away, and oh, yeah. you've got to find some way to get it back to where. You have to run, use it. You know, run trucks back and forth, or and maybe you set up a second factory over there. Yeah, a main and, factory, and, and, then, and you just do all your production on site. Um, and and I know. And so if you if you're into exploration, this isn't just like a build it in a flat square space. It's a very big, huge open well, like world I said, with lots of variety. Well, like I said, we ran into that issue before um, with we we're trying to uh, fit a factory inside some natural, naturally occurring rock formations. Yeah, and you have to you kind of have to work with the terrain. I mean, there's some open spaces you can work and, with, and but like the building is super nice. Like there's there's a nice grid system. Everything snaps together. Like the foundations snap together, walls snap together. Yeah, it's very intuitive. It's very very nice. It's not like uh, like uh, dare I say it, survival or arc survival evolve where no, they had a similar system but way less yeah refined. So so overall, um, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can certainly lose a lot of time in it, but like I said, I'll, I'll warn you, it's a very niche game, and, and some of you might be totally bored out of your mind hearing about it because you have to like specific things. This isn't like, oh, you like FPS games, go play this game with an FPS. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's definitely its own genre in that you have to like the idea of like optimization, you know, like figuring out the math. If, if you like, you know, we joke about EVE Online, spreadsheets, spreadsheets oh. in space, but spreadsheets. If, if you like crunching numbers and figuring out like, I would almost think of Satisfactory as a puzzle game where you get to pick the solution. That's an interesting way to put it. It, it really comes down to like, okay, if I want to run everything, because even like the thing that I designed and you put together, it, it's still not entirely perfect. Because, it's not perfect. Because no. technically the final step can handle more input than we're providing it. But if we wanted to really get that to 100%, it could be done, but it's much more complicated. It's, it, it's as perfect as we can get it at the current point in time. It, it's, it's not worth it to us right now to try to figure out that solution. But this is close enough that we're, we're satisfied with 80% it. 80% efficiency, for instance. Yeah. That's what we're running at. Um, everything else is 100% except that last step. Yeah. And we, we could fix it if we wanted to. We have that option to pick how difficult do I want to and, make this and, for myself. And a very key thing about this compared to other survival games. Like, if you remember in... Um, it's not even a survival Well, okay, game. okay. Other building games. In, like, uh, Seven Days to Die, you break down an object. You'll get some of the resources back, but yeah. not all of them. In Satisfactory, when you break something down, you get 100% of the resources back. You do not... So, you, literally, you could delete your entire machine, get everything back, and rebuild it in a different configuration. It, it's very forgiving. It, it's not... It wouldn't add anything to the game. It would... It would honestly, just be irritating. What, what it would do is it would discourage experimentation. Yes. But with 100% recyclability, it allows you to go, I'm just going to throw this here for now. I'll, I'll clean it up that. later. And we did that. You know, it, 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 it feels really good. So, I think it's, it's definitely an approachable game. It's very niche... Um, I've watched some videos. Watch some videos. Watch see, some, see, like, just there's tons of YouTubers doing it right now. Yeah, it, it's it, it's worth exploring if that at all sounds potentially interesting to you. And, um, and like I said, for an early access game, it actually is really well put together. It, it, it feels like instead of we made the entire game and it's like fifty percent done. It's like we made fifty percent of the game and it's like it's very, nice. it's very polished. Yeah. It's like ninety percent done. And like it does it, have its little quirks, like vehicle physics are kind of a little wonky sometimes. But yeah. there's 
absolutely nothing game breaking that I in 80 hours of play that I have personally found. And any glitches are just going to be funny. So basically, like, like I hit a rock and my truck flew 300 feet in the air. It happens, you know. Yeah, like I said, so it, it's on Epic Game Store. I, I'm I doubt I don't think it's on Steam. I honestly haven't checked. No, it's an Epic Game Store okay. exclusive. So it's an Epic Game Store exclusive, $29.99. It's an early access. Um I know they are working currently on an end of April update. Okay. That they said that in their patch notes. They said, here's a little thing. They are working on an end of April update, hopefully to come out at the end of April. There is a lot. I think I, I think when I got to the top tier in the beta currently, I was sitting at 40 hours. So you got about 40 hours of gameplay at its current state. Yes, and I could blow through it. And, and, that, you, and that's on a single map. And, and, and he yes. touched on this a little bit earlier, but the maps vary drastically. So like... The desert does not have a lot of biomass, but to start off with, but the resource nodes are much closer together. Yeah, so it comes down to like about how you manage your resources and the difficulty of like, is it harder in the beginning and easier at the end or easier in the beginning and harder at the end? Precisely. The the, the map can, can change the difficulty. So even if you complete, you know, quote unquote, complete the game and you're like done with the final product you can produce currently, you can go to a different map and have actually a pretty different experience in how you approach the problems of getting to that very much so like 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 i said our map that we're playing on currently starts with tons of biomass but the drawback is is that literally oil for me is 100 kilometers away i mean you have to drive for a long time to get there and that's what's nice about it is is there's some variety yeah so i i I said it's 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 one of the better early access games I've played in a long time. Very polished for um, early access. It, 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 it runs well. It's a lot of fun for, for me personally. And it's absolutely not going to be for everyone. Like, it's it's even more niche than something like Monster Hunter World. So, um, Dante, was, Dante was a fan of that game. I was like, not a fan. It's like of one of my favorite game. games ever. Um, but yeah, so I, I would I would at least, like Dante said, he was a, uh, go look at some videos online. I think um, Arkplay is doing one. Yeah, and the thing is, it's 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 a fun game, and sometimes it's fun just to watch the factories. You know, see, seeing the this, this sprawling landscape of factories and, and all the little interconnecting pieces, there's some satisfaction in you just seeing that. You know, I mean, we're, we're joke about it, but but it's 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 a satisfactory game. So that's satisfactory. Um, like I said, it's a lot of fun. We might do some videos on. I don't know, maybe just, maybe, just, maybe some just showing off stuff about. Oh yeah. You know, this is how what stuff is. Yeah, and how we're gonna basically start the end of the world through global warming and massive coal burning. But um, I have eighty-five coal plants powering. He's literally trying to kill the planet as quickly as possible. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's satisfactory. So uh, I think we're gonna wrap up the show on that one. We're a little over time here. So uh, you guys have any shout-outs? They're all shaking their head no. Shout out to Satisfactory for making puns in the name of their game. Oh yeah. Uh, Coffee Stain Studio. I think that's the name of their, their studio. Coffee Stain Studio. That's cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Shout out to all the Tauruses. What's what's with the Tauruses? Start Taurus time. Now. Oh, just start Taurus time. Yeah. Livy the astrologer. Taurus time. Oh, no, Pusheen told me. Oh, Pusheen. the, the Pusheen Facebook the, cat. The, the great overlord. <laughs> Pusheen the cat said it's Taurus time, so it's Taurus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. As for me, uh. Shout out to dinner last night. I had an awesome <laughs> burger. And what was dinner last night? I had, I had that burger I at the... Cactus Place. Santan. See, I went to a uh, brewery, a local brewery, and I had... Did um, you commit cannibalism? I didn't eat a cactus. Oh. Um, but I had a really good Hefeweizen beer. It was really tasty and a really awesome, like, uh, Chipotle meal. 
um, bacon cheeseburger. It was, it was getting hungry if you're talking about food now. It was delicious. Anyways. And that's our show. So, as always, if you want to be in the show, if you want us to play any games, if you want us to do anything stupid on YouTube, we'll make Dante do it. Just head over to biomass.com. Let us know up in the the contact section. Guys, please, I'm begging you as the internet as a whole, please request that Pokey record himself playing Beat Saber. I beg of you. I can't like do like one of those like anime girl overlays on my on my character. I can't right. see that. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I, have, I have a good little Please play. flood the inbox with requests for that. No one's gonna ask for that. Country rolls. Country rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, and as always, have a safe week, and we'll see you next time.